Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, folks. Believe in Rams. This is episode 145. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. Joining me, as always, is Cameron Lynch, your former Rams linebacker. Uh, man, we are coming to you after a awesome win. Before we get into that, be sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, review, all that jazz. And we'll dive right into this little ad read from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. What are the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events? Head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So Cam, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to talk we're we're going to talk some some good stuff about Cam Akers. How's that sound? Cuz <laughs> <Sam, he> about time. <laughs> balled the hell out, my guy. Yeah. Uh burning question, Cam. Cam to you know talking about Cam. It's funny. I just put that together uh is cam Akers back or do we need to wait you know the next two weeks to to know for sure what what they have in him i think cam Akers is back i think he's back i think the rams did what we always talked about is run the damn ball and cam Akers got to benefit from it right he found the he found the end zone about two times a lot of catches out of the backfield where he's shaking uh linebackers for the broncos um i think he was the better back this week, I think he was better than the Broncos defense this week. I mean, the the run gaps, shout out to the offensive line for the Rams this week. The run gaps that he ran through, I think the broadcasters were talking about it, but he was like, they're too big, right? These these run gaps and Cam Akers running right through them, finding a lot of success. And to be honest, I think he always had this in him. It just took him a while to go, but great job by Cam Akers. And also, too, I want to say as well, I think the run game opened up for Cam Akers because of the two tight end set, right? We call this 12 person. Now we got two tight ends, one running back. Finally, Jake, like they must be listening to our podcast, Jake, because last week we were literally talking about it. Where are the tight ends at? And so for the tight ends to show up this game, Cam Akers was able to show up. And so they go hand in hand, shout out to Cam Akers and the Rams offense, the Rams team this past week against the Broncos. You know, Cam, I feel like we're just saying Cam everywhere. Uh, it's like, it's bittersweet, right? You win a game 51-14. The team's now 5-10. and 10, They're out of the playoffs. Uh, but the sweet part is 51-14. to 14. The sweet part is getting these young guys going, getting Cam Akers some confidence. But, like, we have been asking for this <laughs> for weeks, man. We started the podcast halfway through the season, right? We started believe in Rams right around the halfway point, maybe a little bit before that. And since I'm pretty sure we've said run the damn ball in some facet, maybe not those exact words every single week, but the last three, four weeks, absolutely the same exact words. Uh, we've joked about our podcast being the run the damn ball podcast uh, <laughs> because I mean, we always say it and uh, it, it's amazing what happens when you don't go running back by committee, you get a guy into a rhythm and you let him work. And, you know, I will say this offensive line, shout out to you guys because <laughs> they were unbelievable. They allowed one 
Cam. One pressure. And on the defense, we'll get to that later. But the defense, I just want to throw these out here because I don't know if you know these stats. 29 pressures, Cam. It's the best game all year. And I will say this. We're going to get into it, you know, breaking down, starting up from the top with the offense. But I'm going to jump the gun here and I'm going to say it. And I know you played with, you know, you played on this team. But I'm going to say this was the most complete win of Sean McVay's career. And the Mm -hmm. reason I'm going to say that, Cam, is because we watched this team last year. They won the Super Bowl. They were more talented. Obviously, they didn't have the injuries that this team had. But let's be honest here. Have you seen a game like this that was so all three phases oriented, so complimentary, so dominant, so consistent, uh, keeping, you know, keeping it up with what works, not trying to be overly cute, not trying to be, you know, overly creative. Sean McVay just did what worked. He used the 12 personnel grouping like you talked about. I've been begging for them to get my guy Bryson Hopkins going. And this was a good performance from him. We talked about where's Tyler Higby. Well, I think we found him yeah. in, in a big way. He He's was here. this close to getting a, his third touchdown. And that wouldn't have been his first game with three touchdowns in his career. If you could believe that he's also now the leading uh, receptions leader, touchdowns leader and receiving yards leader for a tight end in Rams history. So shout out to him, but cam, most complete game I've seen. I don't know about you. I was at the Rams Giants game in 2017 when the Rams won 51 to 17. Okay. And that I feel like even this is still the most complete game. What say you there though? (laughs) Yeah, no, like you said, the most complete game, Riley Dixon mentioned mission. This is the first time he hasn't had to punt in the game. And we've been talking about Riley Dixon being a great asset, right, to the Rams offense, being an extension of the quarterback, right, always punting, flipping the field. He didn't have to punt this game. And I think he really appre- I mean, he really appreciated that, right? He had a, had a chance to get that leg some rest. So Baker Mayfield, I think you mentioned it, um, Sean McVay having his most, most complete game. Baker Mayfield, understanding the offense that Sean McVay has put on the field. Sean McVay, McVay might be the quarterback whisperer at this point because he's able to take – quarterbacks that are stepping into the system elite quarterbacks that are stepping into the system right and then excelling uh at, at a high level and so baker mayfield has done that i think uh, tony romo was mentioning on the on the broadcast but baker's starting to figure out who's open where to go with his actual reads the first game that we said that we saw baker come to with that major comeback win that's just because he's a baller, right? But this game, oh, yeah. he's figuring out the offense. Sean McVay's instilling that into him. And so at this point, I'm like, oh, I wish we could see Baker Bayfield next year as well. I'm not sure if we're going to see that. But like you said, this was the most complete game that Sean McVay's put together. He put pedal to the metal, 51 points. I, I know the Packers last week took the knee before they scored at the end of the game, right? Matt LaFleur showing some love for Sean McVay, not, not running the score up. But this game... Sean McVay said, hey, forget that. I'm about to run the score up. We're about to show that, hey, we've been we've been struggling all year. We have to take advantage when we can. And I really like to see I really like to see that. And when, when the team looks back next year on the season, they're going to say, hey, the Broncos game, that's how we should play every year. Jacoby Durant with the interception to start off the half. Like, that's how the Rams are supposed to play. And they did that. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do next week against the Chargers. 
because the work's cut out for them, right? They need to take that 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 gameplay and transfer that next week. But this is how, this is the Sean McVay we know. This is the Sean McVay that we've seen in the championship series. So shout out to the bomb to the Rams there. I absolutely agree, Cam. I think, you know, just isolating the offense real quick and then we'll go into the defense. You know, you talk about the offensive line only giving up one pressure. Um, I got to say, because I don't know if I spent enough time on it. And as many people know, I've been a huge critic of Cam Akers, um, mainly because I expected more from him. I know he came off the torn Achilles, but I, I felt like it was less about that injury holding him back and more about, you know, the mental aspect of the game the you know, not hitting the hole when it's there being really just undecisive and, and just not, you know, being confident. And I feel like, you know, the last few weeks we started to see him kind of, you know, emerge from this shell. Now, does that mean he is the number one back next year? I don't know. Maybe they trade him. Who knows? I mean, that could be their plan, but right now I don't think you trade a guy who, I watched football all week, Cam. I can tell you this was the best running back of week 16, and I don't think it was really that close aside from Derrick Henry. So, um, you know, anytime you're able to score three rushing touchdowns, it doesn't matter if they're all at the goal line. Biggest issue with Cam Akers has been ball security, and the second biggest has been his ability to find holes and have the nose for the end zone. He just has not been a guy that can score touchdowns. He did that three times on Sunday, which is a huge uh, you know, testament to the work that he's put in, you know, Kyron Williams, seeing him get involved a little bit, obviously would have liked to see a little bit more. Uh, this is not a playoff team. As we've said, they're, they're done. So I do want to see more Kyron Williams. It's not to say Cam Akers doesn't deserve the carries, but definitely want to see more Kyron Williams in there. Cause you draft him in the fifth round, you trade up to get him want to see these two moving forward. Uh, we'll see if they draft anybody in the draft, but Cam Akers keeps playing like this, and I don't think they're going to be taking anybody until the late rounds of the draft. But then you look at the the receiving game. Look, the Broncos came into this game as the number one red zone defense. They gave up five out of six possessions in the red zone. That's not them giving it up. That's the Rams taking it mm -hmm. and just running away with it. So shout out to them. Rams have had a hard time capitalizing off of turnovers. They did that twice back-to-back -back possessions it was unlike anything we've seen all year and it was a breath of fresh air to see this team you know turning those field goal opportunities into touchdowns and let's be honest here cam you watch the game the beginning starts out with a fumble it's a fumbled snap by baker mayfield and they have to settle for a field goal i mean then you're like oh it's the same old rams the field <laughs> goals instead of touchdowns we had no idea what we were about to witness. So uh, all around great stuff. The the Broncos have a great secondary headline by Patrick Sertain. And, uh, you know, you just look at what he can do and what that secondary did do. I mean, let's call it like it is. Baker was great, but they had a great game plan. They attacked with the tight ends. They didn't fret just because the Broncos wanted to take Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell out of the game. It didn't mean that they weren't going to use Brandon Powell in the slot. It didn't mean that they weren't going to use Bryson Hopkins. Didn't mean they weren't going to use Tyler Higby and Cam Akers. And I think Sean McVay's ability to adapt and then just stick with what was working was just an awesome thing to see. And again, the 12 personnel, I think, was a big key uh, to why they were able to not only win this game, 
but brutalize the Broncos in this game. Yep, and Tyler Higby might have had the best game, uh, I would say, of his career, but close to it. I mean, the man scored three touchdowns. I mean, he's catching screens. He's run blocking. And then to see Hopkins come in and open the game up as well, I'm like, wait, who who is this guy? You know, I'm seeing I'm seeing him catch passes. The savior of the Super Bowl, everyone forgot about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But also, right, like we talk about the Super Bowl run, keep some of those same things going from the Super Bowl run, and we the fact that we see him week 16, it's like, all right, dude, come on, right? And so to see this 12 personnel come out to see the Rams run the football to the 12 personnel to that wing, and I know we talked about it last week, Jake, but a lot of those fly sweeps that the Rams run, right? This this game, they ran some of those fly sweeps, but they, man, they ran misdirection opposite of that. And so just to see the change up, to know that teams are looking for the same things that the Rams have always done and to run something different off of it was a breath of fresh air. But the Tyler Higby, though, I mean, just the way he balled out, right? After a lot of those turnovers, I know Bobby Wagner had a turnover, right? Jacoby Durant had a turnover. And for the Rams to turn around, and then score off of those. A lot of those were set up because Tyler Higby would catch the football and either score the score the ball or convert a first down. Cam Akers would run it in. So just to see that from the Rams was was a breath of fresh air. Um, I'm really excited to see where the Rams go in the offseason. You know, how we talk about it. You know, what what are the next steps for the Rams? Next steps are to finish strong. They've they done that, right? So they have two more games left. And then next is to finish strong in the offseason, have a great offseason. I think... They're going to have what I think this carries momentum into the offseason. I think Sean McVay doesn't hang his head as low. He, you know, uh, he talks about this being a humbling season. I think he, you know, he hangs his head had high. Like, hey, we made some adjustments at the end of the year. Uh, we got some a spark in our game. And we're looking forward to, you know, what, what, what happens next year. So um, that was really cool to see. And then also, too, just I, I want to say, you know, game balls as well. I know we talk about this a lot. But, you know, for my game yeah. balls on, on offense, you know, Tyler Higby, is definitely going to get my game ball with that one. Um, just the way he played, uh, like I said, one of the best games of the year. And then, uh, then Cam Akers, I'm sure, uh, for for yourself, but for me as well. Um, I think he played one of his best games as well. The Rams overall. So that's that's those are my offensive uh, uh, game balls. And then we can definitely jump into defensive later. But I'm curious to to hear who your offensive game balls went to this game. Yeah, you know, I'm going to give one. It's a joint one to the entire offensive line. You just don't see a performance like that very often. The Broncos defense has been the backbone of this team. Don't let the 4-11 and record fool you. This defense has kept them in almost every game. And I, I mean, the offense has been, it's been like the, watching the Rams, honestly. Yeah. Uh, they've been very similar to the Rams, except I would argue their defense has been more, uh, explosive and, and more disruptive. And so to, you know, I, I see a lot of people saying, Oh, they did against the Broncos. It's not like they're a great team. Number one, red zone defense. They scored on five out of six possessions. I don't care if yeah. you know, it's the Broncos this is the if NFL, you're not Jake. watching this team, yeah. then you don't know. I've watched this team. I've watched Russell Wilson fail this year. I've watched them honestly get more production out of Brett Rippon when he's in. And I mean, that's really what their offense is. You know, they, they've had a kind of an identity crisis. They've had injuries. I mean, KJ Hamler looked like he was coming on strong. Where did he go? Injuries. Um, you know, they've had all sorts of stuff with Judy and Sutton and, you know, and I just think at the end of the day, it's put so much pressure on the defense. You could say the levy broke, on Sunday and that's fine. You could say the pressure became too much for the defense, 
but you cannot take away credit for the Rams for breaking that levy. Yeah. Someone had to break it and the Rams broke it. And this is the, Does Jay, this destroy them the rest of the year? Maybe, but you got to give the Rams credit. You can't just say, Oh, well, you know, the, that Broncos team, they had it coming. No, no, no. When you win a game 51, 14, you deserve all the credit. You can't take anything away from that. Yeah. And this is the NFL Jake too. This is not college football where it's like, Oh, like uh, recruiting. I don't know. Like, no, this yeah. is the NFL. These guys get paid exactly. thousands and millions of dollars to ball out. And the fact that the Rams oppose their will like that, that's, you just got to do it. And the Ram, we've been, we've been on this podcast, Jake, week in and week out, disappointed because the Rams lost. But when we get a win, we get a win, and we can't discount it at all. No matter if you win by three, you win by 30. Like we talked about, the Rams have been in every game this whole year. The fact that they they blew this game out and, like you said, broke the levy, no excuses. We won. Let's let's move on to the next. <laughs> it's funny. It's such a uh, – there's, there's a lot of Led Zeppelin references, like when the levy breaks, right? And then later on, we're going to do a new segment – called uh the rambling rams I, I kept thinking ramble on you know like the song during the freaking game because i i mean the the rams just rambled on they, they just did. completely you know imposed their will and I, I mean we we saw it you know firsthand uh moving on well well i will say because you had cam and you had higby i have the offensive line which could be considered one but if not i gotta also say baker uh, it's the second best completion percentage performance in Rams quarterback history, only behind uh, the GOAT, Kurt Warner, for that organization. Uh, you know, anytime your name's anywhere near Kurt Warner, you know, with stats, I mean, you know, you're doing well. And Baker didn't have to test deep down the field um, because the game plan was never to put him in a harm's way like that. The Bengals, uh, the Bengals, the Broncos, they wanted to take away those two receivers. They did. Okay, now stop Higby. Now stop Hopkins. Now stop Cam. You can't do it, right? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, I think, you know, this will be a different offense next week against the Chargers. They might want to approach it differently. If I am suspecting anything, I think they're going to over, they're going to overreact to the way Tyler Higby played. They're going to try to shut him down. Don't be surprised if an Atwell or you know, Van or, or, you know, Brandon Powell, or maybe even, you know, Lance McCutcheon who got in towards the end of the game, you know, they end up having a, a solid game against that team. Um, but you know, that, that's what I'll say. I, I'll give it to, to Baker. I thought he played extremely well and uh, he's playing himself into a starting role next year. I don't think it'll be with the Rams Stafford's coming back. I don't think he's going to take a backup job. I think for the first time teams are starting to see him, the film is out there with real coaching, with mm. real offense, with with real weapons. Uh, Baker doesn't have Cooper Cup. Can you imagine if he did? Baker doesn't have Allen Robinson. Can you imagine if he did? Insane. You know, and that's the thing. What he's doing, it doesn't matter. He doesn't care. He's having the time of his life. Uh, this is not a team that will be playing in the playoffs, and he's accepted that. You know, he, he didn't come in here thinking they were going to make the playoffs. He came in here to play, and that's what he's done. And uh, I'll be honest here. I, I think the Rams are going to get a really nice uh, compensatory pick for him. Cause I think he's going to be a highly sought after quarterback in a market where you can say what you will about this quarterback market. It's headlined by Tom Brady. Um, we don't know if he's going anywhere, but I mean, look, it's Tom Brady. It's Sam Darnold. It's Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke. Look, I, I like a lot of those guys. Are any of those guys franchise quarterbacks? 
I, I don't know. And, and, you know, obviously Brady, but like, is Brady a franchise quarterback at 46 years old? I mean, <laughs> you got him about one more year. So it's one of those things, man, where you look at Baker and he might be the most valuable quarterback uh, that, you know, becomes a free agent next year. And if you're sitting there, like we got the defense, we got the play caller, we got the coaching, just need that guy. Baker might be that guy. And, and I honestly see him, um, you know, I also cover the jets, as I've said before, I could see him in, in New York. I could see him playing at MetLife and, you know, they need a quarterback and I'll tell you right now, I bet the, <laughs> I bet the jets wish that they had Baker Mayfield right now, yeah. uh, you know, pushing for that playoff berth, but I yeah, agree. I'm going to go with Baker and, uh, I'll just say, enjoy him, you know, while it lasts. Uh, it's one of those bittersweet things. I mean, it's not like you're going from him and he's retiring to some rando. You're going back to the guy that won you the Super Bowl last year in Stafford, which I mean, I think anybody would sign up for to have that be, you know, who you go back to, but it is sad because you, you start to like the guy and, you know, Baker, somebody I've been very up and down with throughout his career. Uh, but with the Rams, man, he is a fan favorite caliber guy. I mean, yeah. everybody wants him back. And if he's willing to take a backup job, I, everyone will welcome him back. I just don't see it. <laughs> yeah. I think Baker's found a fan. I think in a lot of us, I think just pe football fans in general, right? I think Baker's shown that this Ram Rams offense does work, right? I think before you see Wolford, you see uh, different quarterbacks come in. It's like, hey, is Sean McVay, are you really the, the person that we say you are? And I think Baker Mayfield's like, hey, he is. He is that person. And so I think that was really good to see. He revived a team that seemed like, hey, they were they were drunk from the Super Bowl, but now they've come back to life. So I think Baker's done a done a great job doing that. And I think he will be that for other teams, a la the Jets or whoever would need that type of revival. Um, and then also for anyone who's just playing sports in general, right? Like it's never over until it's over. For Baker, it seemed like it was. But then he's like, hey, I can still ball. I can still show up 48 hours and still execute. I just need great coaching. And I think a lot of, a lot of I'm going to say another thing, too. A lot of times we we bash players. It, it starts top, top down. Whoever's guiding you as an athlete in, in your journey can determine how far you go. If, if, if a player has a bad coach or if there's a bad, quote, unquote, parent in the household, that kid's not going to do well. But if you have a great if you have great guidance, great leadership. You can do really well. And I think Baker has shown that. And so that, that's a, that's a big thing. And then also too, um, I know we talk about game balls here. I, I want to jump into the defensive side. Now um, the person that we always talk, we always talk about Jake and I'm always hyped for is our guy, Bobby Wags, man, just the way he plays week in and week out. And I do think if he plays against his former teammates, I think like his playability just increases. Right. Like he's playing against Russell Wilson, a guy that he's played against in practice for many years in the Seahawks. He picks him off in like the third series. And just to see him develop and to continue to grow within this on this team it is is incredible to see. And I'm excited to see what he does next year. Right. If he's getting this many turnovers in the back end of the career, he's going to look back in the offseason like, whoa, I should have been doing this. Jacoby Durant. That's another game ball I'm going to as well. The way that he's intercepting the football first play of the, uh, of the half end of the game, scoring a touchdown after interception. It's like, wait, we should have we should have been doing this, right? We should have been doing this as a defense. And so I know we go back to a lot of our podcasts, Jake, and we talk about that bend, don't break defense. And, like, you see this game, and it's like, wait, 
has been don't break? Have we been doing that for too long? Have we should have been more aggressive? Have, have we should have been attacking the football? And I, I think that should have been the case. And so you, you see Jalen Ramsey as well getting an interception this game, forcing a turnover last game. That aggressive nature on defense, I think, is going to have to be the DNA for this defense to be successful next year. So those are my game balls to, to Durant and, um, and, to our, and to our guy, uh, Bobby Wag. So I would love to hear your game balls on the defensive side too. Yeah, I mean, first I'll comment, Bobby Wagner needs to, you know how I always say the core four, Stafford, Cup, uh, you know, Ramsey and, um, you Donald. know, Donald. Mm-hmm. I-, I think it's time to say a core five, right? Because yeah. Bobby Wagner, he deserves to be in that. He signed a five-year deal, so it's not out of the, you know, the realm of possibility. He could be around for a long time. Uh, I understand he's turning 33 next year, but like that's not really that old. Like, look at what um, you know, Demario Davis is doing in New Orleans. You know, yeah. I think he's a really good example of how he's not the same player he was when he was, you know, at his peak athletic, you know, height, but he's still he's changed. He's made some adjustments with his game and it's worked out for him. I feel like Bobby Wagner's kind of doing the same thing a little bit. You know, he knows, okay, maybe I can no longer make those, you know, take those chances. Cause you know, I don't have that, you know, the quickness is gone, but he's still very, very good. He's one of the best linebackers in all of football and he should be an all pro. It's an absolute joke. And it shows you why fan voting is absolutely stupid uh, that he's not <laughs> in the pro bowl. I mean, it just really, I mean, let's be honest here. I like uh, Tyler Huntley on, on Baltimore. I don't think he should ever be a pro bowler. I mean, the dude played what two, three games. Come on now. That that's just, that, that's making a mockery of, you know, players that are, you know, all 17 games that are playing and you're going to give it to a, you know, the backup quarterback of a team because that, you know, he got a lot of votes. I mean, that just seems silly to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's what I want to say about Bobby Wags to uh, Kobe Durant. Could not love a player more right now. Uh, this this prospect, I was high on, not the highest. Um, but then when I watched the tape, I'm like, oh my God, this guy mm-hmm. is going to be a weapon. I mean, just look at the way he played against Clemson. You know, he's playing mm-hmm. at, you know, HBCU, South Carolina State. And he's just jumping off the film against Clemson like nobody else. Like when he's in there, I think he had two interceptions in that game. And I'm like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. I, I see you to Kobe Durant. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got great speed. And man, when, when he took that one to the house, I mean, he looked <laughs> like, I did he, did he run like Tyreek Hill there? I Track mean, no me. one was yeah. catching him. <laughs> he was blazing fast. So very excited about his uh, future. No idea why it took him so long to play him. We've said on the podcast, he should be playing over to Kobe Durant. No knock against him. I just think that Durant was the sixth rounder for a reason. Kobe Durant was the fourth rounder. Kobe Durant is the better player. He's the better prospect. And he's more athletic. When you're trying to, you know, go up against Marquise Brown, do you want the guy who ran a 4-8-40 in, in uh, Darion Kendrick, a guy who struggles and, you know, gets broken upon and, and you know, gets separated from? Or do you want a guy like Kobe Durant who has that breakneck speed and, you know, can stay at your hip pocket and can and even take plays. chances and have that recovery speed to come back and win a rep that he previously could have lost to me. I'm going to take the ladder. So, you know, I, I feel like this was, I mean, 
All you need to know is Jacoby Durant leads the team in interceptions right now uh, with, with three. So <laughs> that's insane. I, I, it, it, it is, it is absolutely insane. He's done a, a outstanding job uh, in limited amount of time, uh, had two pass breakups as well. So, you know, you love to see that, but you gave two of those guys. So I'm going to give you two Michael Hoyt, who led the team with seven pressures this week. You love to see it. He yeah. ha- is a 310 pounder that has moved over to outside linebacker, which is absolutely freakish. The yeah. fact that you can even do that is just insane. Just wait until he goes on this weight regimen. He gets with the training staff this off season and they get him on this diet. And now all of a sudden this guy's 275 going to camp or even lower. I mean, look at how fast and, and how well he moves at 310. I keep saying yeah, this scary. guy, this that's could scary. be a gem. This could be like a Trey Hendrickson type of guy that you just plucked off of UDFA and you just stuck with him and you developed him and dude, smart as hell. He came from Brown, Brown. you know? (laughs) So, so I'm going to give, I'm definitely going to give him one. Um, Just a really big fan of his game and, and what he's done over the last few weeks, one and a half sacks in this one uh, in seven pressures. And then I'm going to give it to Laurel Murchison. I covered the senior bowl a couple of years ago and two defensive linemen going through the practices. I saw up close and personal at Immobile. It was Neville Gallimore of Oklahoma and it was Laurel Murchison of NC state. Those one V one drills against the offensive linemen. I love those. I, I like, I live for those as somebody <laughs> yeah. that scouts, uh, you know, prospects and, Man, Murchison, he's got this like quick first step, like right off the ball. It's not Donald level because quite honestly, I've never seen anybody jump off the ball like Donald, but it is that quick enough step where you're like, man, he's beating everybody off the line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is somebody they just got off waivers from Tennessee and we don't know why Tennessee got rid of him. I mean, they didn't really use him a lot. So that could have been the reason John Robinson was let go. We talked about that. Uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, I think last podcast, but man, another team's trash is another team's treasure in this league. And yeah. I, I, I hate to call him trash. Cause I don't think he is. Uh, but the, the expression makes sense because the Rams added him to this roster and they said, look, we're going to keep you out this week against green Bay because it's a short week and we're going to have you go at it, you know, against the Broncos. And I mean, <laughs> This is the thing I I found funny. Jim Nance says on the broadcast that this guy changed his number five minutes before the game. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. And he changed it to Terrell Lewis's 52. And man, does he look good in 52? He absolutely killed it in the interior. Two sacks. He just looks so great. Yeah. And you, you just the active hands, just an actual, you know, a pass rush plan of attack not just the guy who's sitting there like, all right, I'm engaged in this block and I'm just going to look like I'm doing something like, no, this guy was just trying to get his way to the quarterback. And you just love to see it. Um, Man, he just, he added this like fire that I felt like they were missing. Uh, You know, Greg Gaines was kind of a non-factor in this game. 
Um, and he's been great lately. So I think he stepped up for gains in the interior when they needed it the most. And yeah, uh, he's got to get a, a game ball. Uh, I agree. Know, if, if I say anything about Ag- it. Agreed. I, I know you said two two sacks. I feel like he almost had two and a half sacks. I don't know if it gets counted. I think Hoyt. They, they took, screwed him on that. They did. They <laughs> did. It's like one of those plays where you grab the quarterback and then one of your other guy comes up and cleans that up. And so I know in the film yeah. room, he's going to be talking to his coaches like, hey, you need to call ESPN to tell them to make sure that I get that half sack just because <laughs> of the pressure you cause, right? And I think, you know, I think after the, after his sacks, I think Hoyt ended up getting a, a few sacks after that, some back-to-back sacks. And so those things become... They fed off him. They become contagious. They feed off of him. Yeah. And, and I feel like... The Rams could have used him during the uh, versus the Packers as well, right? I, they could have used him during the season. <laughs> during the season, you right? I, Baker Mayfield comes in first game, forty eight hours and plays. I feel like they could have did the same, did the same thing for Murkison as well. But the spark, I think you mentioned, just the spark. He provided that spark from the Rams defense, and then also too, then you have the interceptions from the beginning of the game. So for the Rams on defense, for them to play well, play better than they've been playing is to get those spark plays, those big plays, and it, everyone feeds off of those. Jalen Ramsey, he picks one off, right? Uh, he picks one off in the in the reds in the end zone that um, that our guy throws, you know. And so, the more that that happens, the better the team plays. And then now the offense is clicking, right? Cam Akers is like, wait a minute, these guys are balling out, getting me the football. Let me go ahead and, and run this in. So, all those things play off of each other. And so, if the Rams can carry this into the off season, they can say, hey. We finished a year better than we ever thought of. We tur- we we forced turnovers. We scored touchdowns. We ran the damn ball. Let's do that next year, guys. Right. And so just continuing to do that to build up uh, for the next season would be really important. But Murkison, um, like you mentioned, uh, the Rams' offensive line, I uh, uh, just the the front seven for both sides of the football, just game balls for both of those groups. So. Man, it feels good, Jake. It's a different feeling when the Rams play the way that they're supposed to play, regardless if it's a it's a not so great opponent. Um, this is how it should feel after every week. <laughs> I agree. By the way, uh, I gotta gotta give uh, you know Leonard Floyd. He had a sack. He had uh, six pressures in this one. I mean, just the way he's playing, he's really gonna make it hard for the Rams because that contract is gonna become twenty million average annual they're going to have a decision to make and Mm. as great as he's been 20 million is von miller territory so it's like are you going to continue to pay him are you going to trade him what are you going to do it's part of the hard knocks of the league it's part of the the brutal aspect of the business and i i mean i don't know if there's a right or wrong answer just because of how much but we also have yet to see how much that YouTube money is going to be. Cause I know you, you had mentioned you had teased that a little bit on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, someone asked that like about YouTube and you had like the dollar sign emoji or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let's be honest here. We have no idea what the cap's going to be, but can the NFL not skimp this time? Can they actually increase the cap? Because let's be honest here. This deal is going to be massive. It's unlike anything we've seen for the league. And it's been long time coming. I'm sorry, DirecTV. I don't know why it has been on DirecTV that long. Um, <laughs> you know, I think this is this is great. Uh, I'm not just saying it because you know YouTube pays a lot of my bills. Uh, I, honestly, like YouTube TV, great. Uh, honestly, just a great thing because it got to the point where I remember I was able to get DirecTV on my PlayStation 
you know, do all that. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, it's not offered in your location unless you're a student. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. Now it's becoming <laughs> a monopoly, right? Yeah. So, you know, you have to make it so everybody can, it's readily available for everyone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be affordable for everyone. Although I wouldn't mind if it was, but it has to be available. And I feel like that's something that, you know, YouTube, YouTube TV is doing. And I think the league will be better off now. I think more people, more than ever, who are just watching their team and just watching the local market, they might explore this option and be like, hey, you know, I want to get more involved with this league. I want to watch more games. I don't want to just watch my team or the local market. I'm going to get involved with YouTube TV and I'm going to get that Sunday ticket package that I've been, you know, not getting. And (laughs) I'm excited for that. I think it all, what it all comes down to cam is that we better see it in the cap. The cap better go up. There's no excuse. Yeah. And hopefully that allows the Rams to make some moves. Um, And I want to get your thoughts about this before we get into the, the next segment, the rambling Ram segment that I came up with. Um, what are your thoughts on the way the NBA does their their salary cap? They have a soft cap and a hard cap. The, ho- the hard cap, obviously, we know what that is. Soft cap, though, allows you to go over the cap as long as you're paying for your players. Don't you feel like the NFL should embrace that more often, should embrace the idea of not really penalizing good teams that you know, succeed in the draft, but now have to let guys go. I mean, let's be honest here. We can talk about how great the compensatory picks are, but they're really not that great in the MLB. If you lose a player, you could get a first round pick the NFL. You get a third and it's a third at the very end of the third, which is basically a fourth. And now with everything going on, they don't offer as many third rounders as they used to. So what was once considered a third rounder could be a sixth rounder in today, uh, you know, everything going on. So what are your thoughts on, you know, introducing a soft cap that would allow teams and encourage teams to be able to bring back their players, uh, you know, regardless if they go over the cap or not? Yeah, I like whatever the NBA does, to be honest. I, I feel like their union is very strong when it comes to caps and when it comes to different things like that, the CBAs, the contracts. It's all about the union, right? What, what does the NFLPA yeah. do? What does the NBPA do? What does the MLBPA do? And so the NBA, they, they lead when it comes to changes, when it comes to just the sports industry overall, because I believe it was Michael Jordan who sat out during one of the playoffs or something like that. And he was like, hey, I'm not going to step on this court unless I get paid. I believe for MLB, I believe it was the Yankees. I'm not sure. Back in the day, the players were like, hey, we're not going to play unless we get compensated. And so they can demand more because they went to the table and said, hey, we need to get compensated properly. And so it's going to take for the NFLPA to say, hey, we see all this YouTube TV money. <laughs> we need some of that, right? And it's going to take your players like Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, just your high-paid athletes to say, hey, we're not going to move forward unless we get a piece of that pie. And so we talk about the hard cap and the soft cap. It's going to have to be on the players to fight for it. And, and that's a whole different conversation, a whole different can of worms that we can jump jump into. But oh yeah, it, it'll literally take for the NFL players to just stand their ground to make sure that they get a piece of that YouTube money. Yeah, I I think, you know, that definitely we need to see it, right? We need to see the cap increase. Uh, Otherwise, I think there could be a lockout. You know, this it's a dangerous game you play Mm -hmm. when you start expanding. It's like 
a, a giant corporation. They 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 get the merger done. They they merge with another brand new company, and they're like they're doing well. And all of a sudden, you have all this money, and <laughs> your employees are like, "But I can't get a holiday bonus." <laughs> Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I'm not speaking from experience. I'm just saying in general, like, you know, eventually that could cause, you know, it, it, it can be a dangerous game if you if you play the wrong side. And the yeah. NFL better be careful because, yeah. you know, people that's want a, people want money. That's and, a good way to be relatable, Jake. That's a good way to relate it to the like the I want to say the common person, but a person who's not a professional athlete. Right. It's yeah. just like that. If. Folk get a raise at your job, you're going to be like, hey, I want a raise too. The NFL just got a raise, just period. The NFL got a raise overall. Exactly. The owner's going to get that money. So now it's going to be like, hey, I'm sure the wives of these players, I'm sure the parents of these players, the fans, the just everybody in general is like, hey, are they going to get this money? Yes or no? And if you're not going to get the money, what are you going to do? And a lot of times the lockout, like you said, the lockouts, sitting out, boycotting, that's the best way to do it. But And at the yeah. same time, it's like, do you sit out? Because some people, and you, when people sit out, you have to do it as a collective. You can't just say, hey, this group of players are going to sit out and then you know the person off the street is going to step in and play the game. It has to be a collective move. And so that's very tough because you got fans saying, hey, the football season started. The players aren't playing. What the heck is going on? So there's a battle. There's a And the fans are like, hey, the players are greedy. They want more money. But if you flip the script, it's like, if someone goes to a nine to five job every day and it's like, hey, my boss isn't paying me the money that we all got a raise for. You know what? I'm not going to come to work this week until I, you know, until I get my payday. So there's a lot that goes on to it. It's a very sticky situation, but, you know, we'll we'll see how yeah. it plays out. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, I bring up the soft cap because the idea of bringing Greg Gaines and A. Sean and if you had a soft cap, John Johnson wouldn't have left, you know, Ooh. if you had a soft cap, then you're not worried about losing those guys. And maybe you don't have to make these brutal decisions like, you know, trading away a Robert Woods or, you know, any of those like trading away Michael Brockers, you know? Uh, and I think that's, Oh, that hurt. I, that, that, that hurt. <laughs> that, that hurt. I mean, it, it really, especially when he was in attendance at the Super Bowl rooting on the Rams, like, bro, they traded you away and you still are that loyal. I love it. Like great guy. Brock Brock was awesome. Uh, definitely miss him. Shout out to him. But you see my point, though. It's like it definitely because if you win the Super Bowl, oh, you better hope you you inked up uh, some of your players because you are going to get plucked, my yeah. friend. And <laughs> yeah. We've seen that. I mean, going back to you know when the Ravens won the Super Bowl of Flacco. I mean, their entire defense was gone the next year. I mean, that's just how it happens, right? Yeah. And whoever wins the Super Bowl this year, you might be setting yourself up to get just absolutely plucked. Now you don't care because you win the Super Bowl. You know anybody would trade that, but I don't know. It's something to keep in mind. But another thing to keep in mind is the the young Rams, mm -hmm. the Rambling Rams. Okay, this this is a, a new segment. We're gonna highlight young Rams that you know kind of you know, are playing well and guys that maybe we start to see a little bit of a future with now, like past 2022 past, maybe even 2023 and a 2024, 2025 potentially. And we start this thing off Bryson Hopkins. I bring him up. He's averaging over 14 yards per reception on the season in a very limited basis. He was the uh, unsung hero of the Super Bowl. 
making, you know, big catch after big catch, running after the catch, breaking tackles. He had the key block on fourth and one, the, the Cooper Cup run. No one should ever forget that because if he doesn't seal that guy off, we're not talking about the Super Bowl champion Rams. <laughs> yeah. So Bryson Hopkins, where is his career trajectory go from here? Because I feel like at some point or another, he was going to have a game like this and he didn't blow up, right? He didn't, he didn't have a hundred yards or anything. He had three catches for 57, but that's 19 yards per reception. He broke multiple tackles. He caught all three targets. His longest of the day was 22 yards. And like, he actually gave them fits when he was utilized. So like, my question for you is a game like this, do you think the coaching staff is finally like, all right, Bryson, we screwed up. We've admitted to it this year. We said we should have played Atwell more. Uh, Sean McVay just said it was silly not to involve Cam Akers more. Uh, you know, we would have been doing that shit all year in regards to Michael Hoyt if we knew he could play. Like, we keep hearing these things. <laughs> yeah. You know, is this now, are we going to hear this now about Bryson Hopkins? Where are you at on Bryson Hopkins? Yeah, with Bryson Hopkins, it almost surprised me a little bit just to see these wide open catches from a number eight. Like, I'm like, wait, who who is this guy, right? And, <laughs> and, and I think we're going to see more of them. I think, uh, I think, People from other teams are going to be like, hey, we got to start keying in on him, right? Tyler Higby scored three touchdowns. We got to keep our eye on this guy. And so I think it's going to be the benefit of the Rams to make sure that they finish the season strong with a guy like Hopkins and then the offseason, develop him, develop him, develop him. Whatever, Wherever Tyler Higby is going to train uh, train at in the offseason, whether it be a sports academy out here in, in Calabasas, L.A., he needs to go there too, right? And so he's a Tight great— academy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And so, <laughs> or tight end university, whatever it's called. Tight end you. Yep. With, with was it Greg yeah. Olson and those Kittle and those guys? But oh yeah, he, he needs to he needs to get invited to tight end you or tight end academy, wherever the heck that is. But to get developed, because I think he's an up up and coming, a great tight end. I think his his pass blocking is great. His run blocking is great, and he can catch the football. And so, developing players like him during the off season is going to be extremely important for the Rams just so they don't have situations where it's like, hey, sorry, bro. I, I know we, we utilized you in the Super Bowl really well. We utilize you, you know, towards the end of the season. We want to do better next year. So really, Sean McVay, I, I would hope that he gets in the sand when he's playing with his, you know, when he's with his family in the offseason and really dr drawing up plays for Tyler Higby and Hopkins as well because the man can just pure ball out. I mean, he definitely does that. Like Sean McVay definitely draws <laughs> plays up in the sand on vacation. Yeah, like beach, I could totally yeah. see that. Like, like his, his wife is probably like, yeah, what are you, what are, you, what are we going to get for dinner? And he's just like, uh, you know, spider two Y banana. Like, Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's just drawing <laughs> plays in the sand. I exactly. could totally see McVay doing that, man. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, next up. And actually, before we get into that, Bryson Hopkins, I agree with you on that. I think he's got an advantage here. Uh, something I thought was holding him back is that they've tried to turn him more into a blocking tight end, but I think he was already receiving tight end going back to Purdue, probably the best pass catching uh, tight end in that draft in 2020. And I thought he was an absolute steal in the fourth. I had him as a second round grade to me when you already had that receiving ability, which he showed it hasn't gone away. And now you can block at the NFL level. 
I mean, they're going to take notice on that. And so when they, they utilize you in the passing game, like these next two games are crucial for Bryson Hopkins. He needs to build off this. He needs to get open. He's got number 17 Baker Mayfield's attention. Let's keep it going. So I'm excited about his future and, you know, we'll see beyond Higby because his contract doesn't last forever, even though it seems like he's been on the Rams forever. <laughs> yeah. I, it doesn't last forever. We don't know what's going to happen. So it's a huge opportunity for Bryson Hopkins. I'm excited for him. And we move on to another guy. I'm absolutely stoked for Jacoby Durant. I yeah. mean, you know, the interception thing, like I mentioned, you know, pick six, the speed, the recovery speed. I mean, the margin for error isn't as slim because of how athletic he is. And that makes being a rookie corner that much easier. When you don't have that athleticism, it makes a ridiculously hard position to play at a rookie level uh, that much more difficult. Like you look at Sauce Garner, guy 6'3", runs a 4'3". Like he can make a mistake, recover, and still come down with the play of the game. <laughs> yeah. You know? It, that's the thing. You know, you look at guys like that and they can do that. And I feel like Kobe Durant is going to be one of the best cornerbacks from this class. He's got super stardom. You see it in him. You know, he kind of low key reminds me of Jair Alexander coming out of Louisville. Mm. And uh, I mean, we know how good he is. He, I think he came down with the game winning or game ceiling interception against Tua in that mm. game on uh, Saturday. But uh, yeah, I just, to me, the way I see it is Jacoby Durant isn't just playing his way into a Rams starting job. And I mean, he should have already been starting to begin with, but he's playing his way into a future pro bowl, all pro career. And I know it's early to say that, but the signs are there. This guy just jumps off the page. He makes big plays. And the thing that's so impressive is that he hasn't played a ton. Mm -hmm. So that is, that's something that coaches will look at and be like, man, Every time he's in the game, he makes a play. Yeah. Why don't we just keep him in the game the entire game? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That way he's just constantly making plays, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm very yeah. excited about his career trajectory. Where are you at on Kobe Durant? Yeah, I, I mean, another guy's like, who is this guy, right? Like seeing him run the football, football back to score a touchdown to now be leading the Rams in week 16 to intercept on inter with interceptions. It's like, where has he been this whole time, right? Like, where, like, who else is back there on the Rams secondary, on the Rams team that can make plays like this, right? And so, I would like to see them these next two weeks because it's it's very late in the game to be seeing this. But don't you think we could have used this versus the Raiders, versus the Seahawks, you know, versus these other the, the Saints, you know? Like, there's these there's so many games that were won and lost by sorry, lost by three points. And it's like, ooh, some of these interceptions for touchdowns or some of these game-changing plays, we could have used that. And so, right, we got we got Troy Hill back, you know, during the middle of the season. Thankfully, he's he's been a, a great addition. He's had, had his struggles in different places. But what about Durant as well? You know, we think about Troy Hill coming in. What about Durant maybe switching it with Troy Hill a little bit to see what he can do on the defensive side? You know, Troy Hill, he's, a, he's one of the better – a corner a tackling corners that I've seen. Of course, you've got Jalen Ramsey, who is one of the best, but Troy Hill, he comes up and makes tackles. But who comes up and makes plays on the football? I think Durant does. I think Durant might be one of the better, you know, uh, uh ball hawks, I think, on this team. Clearly, he's he's leading the team in interceptions, but 
you know, Jalen Ramsey's been playing the whole season. He has a couple interceptions, maybe one or two, but this guy has three, you know, he had, you know, two in, in, the, in one game. And so just to see that, that big playability, um, like you said, I, you're a future pro bowler, right? Uh, a future fan favorite. You know, you talk about the big five. If Jacoby DeBrand plays the whole season, could we be thinking about maybe a big six, right? As a rookie, I mean, just just the way he changed that game around himself in the beginning, you know, that, that backwards interception. It's like, wait, we could have been seeing this the whole year. So I do think that just the makeup of the Rams team, just the big, big five, big four, big six, you could probably add him in there sooner or later. So um, you, we talk about this being the Ramblin' Rams uh, part of the, the podcast. I think he's the leader of the Ramblin' Rams at this point. So I agree. I think he's a leader of it. I mean, he, he's he's a big splash Ready for player. me to blow you away now? I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right. Because I was pulling this up because I, I had this in my mind. I was like, wait a minute. Let's just see, right? Kobe Durant started one game according to Pro Football Reference. He's got one start. This season, I believe it's the Falcons game because he didn't start. I don't think he started the game past uh, this past weekend. He leads the NFL in interception yards. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's your big six right there. Yeah, I'm coming big six. We talk about big five, Bobby Wagner, Durant. They you might got to add them in there. At this point. I mean, Durant, the, the 151 interception yards the next is Jalen Watson with 99 he got that on one interception why are we talk about this now Jake well <laughs> Jake we talk about running the football we're damn football we should have been talking about the believe in Tutu we've been talking about that believe in Durant that's <laughs> well we were talking about Durant they just yeah, kept trotting out Darion Kendrick that's true that's true that's true hey you, you got to make a mistake to learn from it yeah yeah. You're not going to learn from something if you don't make the mistake. And it's yeah. not to say that Durant can't be something in this league or not Durant, uh, Kendrick, but he's just not Durant's level. Like that guy with the ball in his hands with or without it in his hands is dynamic. 151 interception yards. He's got three interceptions, 151 Minka has five interceptions for 94 okay mm. jonathan jones three for 87 marcus jones man that guy's explosive jumps off the page two interceptions for 87 mm. kyler gordon three for 78 the leading uh interception leader and i don't even see him he's not even in like the top 30 in return yards <laughs> cg yeah. uh cj gardner johnson mm -hmm. patrick peterson four for 64 Hufanga, four for 61. I, I mean, Jair Alexander, who I was just talking about, five for 59. Mm. He's got three for 151, Cam. That turns the That's offense. insane. That turns the offense, right? You catch the ball and you take the ball back. So now you just pass it to Higby, Cam Makers, and it's a touchdown. Like, that really, the defense can turn into offense. And clearly, the guy can be an offensive threat by playing on defense, getting the ball back, running the ball down the field, scoring a touchdown, it, it just it just helps out the team. And I do think, I do think the Rams were missing that. You know, the Rams were missing this the whole season. I mean, how much more could the offense could have been helped out? How much more can Riley Dixon's leg be iced up and having those zero punt games, you know, games if they had a guy like this that could turn the ball and flip the field? 
It's a little frustrating we're talking about it now, Jake. I'm heating up a little bit that we're talking about it now. We've got two games left, but <laughs> it's I think I think next year, I think next year for the Rams is gonna be extremely important that they don't miss guys like this, that they don't sit guys like this, that they don't end up in the situation where they're doing the same things over and over again. And you have exactly. diamonds in the rough, like Hoyt, guys like Durant sitting on your bench, Hopkins sitting on your bench. It's I think it's unacceptable. So next year we'll, we'll get better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, you talk about F and picks and this is exactly what allows them to do it because this is a hit. My friend, yeah. this is a late fourth rounder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a potential star <laughs> and I don't think we're overdoing it. I, I mean, the explosion is off the page, Yeah. but now this is a guy who might be overdoing it a little bit. I had to <laughs> include him. He had a great game. He's only played one game for the Rams. So he has two sacks uh, with the Rams put together a monster performance. Laurel Murchison, you grab a guy off waivers. We've seen it before. Uh, you know, there have been guys that they've grabbed. I mean, uh, one that really comes to mind is Brandon Powell. Um, you know, he's turned into an absolute stud for them. Just being a, you know, that return guy, that guy can, you know, kind of add a little bit of a, a new dynamic to the offense. Uh, so he's exactly what you want, you know, as a waiver guy. Um, I do wish they got Isaiah Hodgins uh, kid. I, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, James Hodgins kid, Isaiah Hodgins. Cause he's balling out with the giants off of waivers, but yeah. They got Baker, <laughs> they yeah. got Murchison, uh, Marquee Christian. They got, you know, a couple years, a few years back, mm-hmm. uh, the Cardinals draft in the fifth round and man, like he ended up being a starter for them. You know, mm-hmm. they've been doing this for a while. This is just how this organization works, but man, to see Laurel Murchison come in, had the performance he had with Baker having the performance he had, it, it, it just kind of shows you. This is this is not a team, and I've said this before. The window hasn't closed, mm-hmm. and this is not a team that is like the Broncos right now, where you're like, "Who the hell is the leader in this locker room? What mm. the hell is going on?" The Rams are getting the most out of guys. Like, what did Murchison do in his career? I mean, I liked the guy coming out of uh, Arizona State. You know, he's a fifth round pick. He just never really got a chance you know, with the Titans, right? So it's just one of those things where I just think like, you know, he comes to the Rams and they just, I don't know, they they got the most out of him. I mean, if you look up Murchison on Google, uh, Murchison Rams comes up immediately, like not even his first name. And Sean McVay had just met Laurel Murchison right before uh, the game. So... I mean, it's, it's one of those crazy things, man. And it gets me excited because you had a guy like this late in the year and he could end up being somebody that you see next year in a bigger role. I think he makes the 53. I know it's way too early, but I I mean, he's on the 53 right now. I think he makes it next year. You know, he gets an opportunity to get, you know, integrated into everything they do, not just thrown into the fire and, I'm excited for him. I liked him in the draft. I liked him at the senior bowl and just wait until he's playing next to guys like Aaron Donald. I mean, for real. And and think about this, Jake, right? Going to a team where, you know, the best player in the world, not only at your position, but one of the best players in the world is going to be watching your, the film with you side by side. So I know yeah. a lot of guys, I know a lot of guys when they go to the Rams, like, Oh, Aaron Donald, like I'm hyped. The guys that get drafted to the Rams, I'm hyped. I get to learn from Aaron Donald. 
got like Murchison. He's like, hey, this is my first game that I'm active. Aaron Donald's, he's hurt right now, but he's going to be watching this film. Let me ball out. Let me show out. And that that's a testament to what, what Aaron Donald brings to the game. What Hoyt brings to the game, what Floyd brings to the game, what, what Gaines brings to the game is that you got young guys and people from different places coming in and wanting to play hard because they know that the defensive line is like that. And so I think that's yeah. a, a major compliment to that defensive line. And Murchison, he's doing things. I mean, Greg Gaines, he's a baller. He provides pressure. He does different things. But I think we saw Murchison do things that we haven't seen Greg Gaines do. And so you talk about making that 53-man roster next year. I think he's going to be in the two deep next year. The way he's playing now, he's going to earn a spot on this team because those back-to-back sacks with a, another pressure and almost that two-and-a-half sacks, and then it feeds Hoyt and getting a back-to-back sack. It's like you can't teach that. You know, you can't teach that energy, that that uh, contagiousness uh, in a positive way. And so I think I think he makes a team. I think, yeah, he's he's part of the Rambling Rams. You know, I, I, I he's a part of the future of the, this Rams team, and the future is bright. You know, whoever is whoever's getting these guys off of waivers and free agency for the Rams. You know, that front office. Shout out to these. Shout out to them. You know, man or woman, whoever is sitting back watching that film. I think film, it's John McKay, if I'm not mistaken, the John, head of uh, pro player scouting. John McKay. And yeah, yeah, I just, I agree. <laughs> me. Yeah, whoever's back there watching that film, these scouts, um, they, they're doing a great job. They're doing a great job of finding talent oh, that no yeah. one sees. When you talk about it, one person's trash, quote unquote, is another man's treasure. Well, the yeah. Rams are finding the, these treasure pieces. And so they had to figure out how to develop these treasure pieces in the offseason and actually use them during the season because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of there's a lot of treasure sitting on this Rams sideline. I think that might be this the theme of this year is we have treasure on this sideline. Can we use it? Can we use it? How are we going to use it? So back to Murchison, though, um, I'm excited to see what he does these next two games. I mean, if he had almost three sacks this game. What is he going to do against the Chargers? Like, what is that going to look like? Against the Seahawks, you know, for the final game. So uh, the, the Rams have a lot to, to be proud of. Uh, and, yeah, I, I'm hyped to see what happens against the Chargers this week. Yeah, I'm I'm really happy for him. Um, if this doesn't put it into perspective, I don't know what does. He played his 27th game in the NFL. Uh, he started five going back to 2021. He started five. He was 24 years old. Um, he had never hit the quarterback in those in, in that time until Sunday. Mm. He never even registered a quarterback hit. And he comes down with two sacks. His only sacks of his career. Four out of his 19 tackles came in that game. Uh two out of his four tackles for a loss came in that game. And two of his only sacks and two of his only quarterback hits came out of that game. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I think it it it's a clear indication. I know it's a small sample size can, but it's clear indication. I probably don't have to tell you, you've been around a lot of talent that just let's be honest here. Uh, you get lost in the shuffle, you know um, mm-hmm. it happens, but it, it's just an indication. There's a lot of talent like Laurel Murchison out there that, you know, they're in a bad organization or they're in a bad situation or they don't have a good coach or whatever. And, they don't get an opportunity and then they get cut. They go to a team and all of a sudden everyone's like, I didn't know he could play like this. And you're like, <laughs> bro, like, did you watch him in college? Like, well, you know, I think I, I get it. You know, the whole, Oh, he hasn't been that great, whatever. 
But I think, you know, fans, analysts, we have to do a better job of recognizing we've all had that one job maybe we weren't the best at. You know, <laughs> like think about it, right? I mean, we all had that that starter job where, man, was that my best work? Could I have done <laughs> yeah. better? Probably. I could have done better. And like, you know, you, you don't have people holding that. Like, oh, he's a he's a terrible worker because he he struggled at his first job when he was 16 years old. Mm. And you're going to hold it against somebody who is now what, 25, 26. You're going to hold it against them. You know, it's that same thing just because it, it's not the same exact thing, but it's a similar thing. It's like just because he struggled in Tennessee uh, to get on the field doesn't mean that he's a bad player. I mean, sometimes. Mm. You know, it could be a scheme fit. I mean, look, this guy was drafted in the fifth round. He didn't say, hey, Titans, I'm signing with you. Okay. He didn't choose that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, he was drafted there. And like, just to assume every UDFA signs exactly where they want to also isn't a fact. I've been told otherwise, actually. I've been told that like, you know, and obviously you were a UDFA, but I've been told in the past, like, you know, guys are like, oh, I want to play for my childhood team. They're not interested, though, mm -hmm. or they are. And the agent steers them. Yeah, you might want to be a Ram. But over here, you know, with the Cardinals, they need that position. Like you have a, you have a fast track to starting as a UDFA in Arizona, or you can go and maybe make the 53 with the Rams and say, hey, I was a Ram. You know, and yeah. I think that's that's a big thing. So just don't let one, you know, one pit stop with a team, a cup of coffee with a team, a two year stint with a team. Just assume that a player's bad. Yeah. Not every college player is just bad because they had a bad run at the beginning of their career. We've seen plenty of resurgence. Lorel Murchison could be another one of those guys that has that resurgence. And I don't even think he was bad. I just don't think he got much of an opportunity. I mean, such yeah. a small sample size the guy started five games. So yeah. you never know what was what's going on in these players lives, you know, uh, during that time while they're there, they could be going through something tragic, uh, you know, yeah. and they're just not playing well, but now Murchison, he's taking advantage of it and we're seeing the fruits of his labor. Right. Uh, these guys Big grind time. hard. They might not be starting where they are, but they're training, they're preparing to to take that next step. And the time wasn't there for him at the Titans. Now he's going to be yeah. behind Aaron Donald. Great gangs. This might be the place for him, for him to learn and grow and to and to flourish. So as long as they're winning games, he's getting sacks. Hey, the fan, Rams fans, we're, we're happy. So. Um, you know, it, I think like I think we always talk about this, but the Rams are going to be a desirable place for any player. I think that we're seeing it. These guys are balling out. Baker Mayfield coming here, balling out. Murchison coming here, balling out. It's going to be a desirable place for the Rams. And we might see a, a, a repeat next year. Not not a repeat of the season, but a repeat of the championship season, right? Just because of yeah how they're turning things around. We're seeing this offense work. We're seeing this defense come, come alive. So, Jake, I'm excited. I'm excited for this Chargers week coming up, man. Um, you know, I don't know if I have this much this much energy uh, uh, for Rams Pod, you know, for one of our Rams podcasts yet, but it's exciting to see uh, for them to to blow out the Broncos. Um, the levy did break for the Broncos, and that's just unfortunate. It could have been the same thing for the Rams in another way. You know, who knows? Uh, but Cam, this is, 
I got to stop you. I think you just injected the 51 points right in your vein. I, I think that, that, that's <laughs> yeah. what was happening, man. Yeah. Like you, you're like, you're just living off that, man. Dude. You got this, you got to, you always have the energy, right? We always do, but yeah, there's like an extra little bit of a bounce, I think to our step yeah. uh, in this show. And I mean, it, it, I mean, obviously five and 10, right? Th- that's not the greatest. But you have a chance to go seven and ten in what was a nightmare worst case scenario season. I think you take that and you just move on. You you don't you know you don't forget about this season, but you don't also hold everything to its value. I think you take it at, at you know with a grain of salt. Realize mm-hmm. a lot of the injuries caused this. There are some lessons to be learned, but you can build off it. And uh, to wrap up the um, the rambling Rams. Without a season like this, you probably don't find out where the hell Michael Hoyt learned how to play outside linebacker because holy (laughs) hell, man, he is pretty darn good with the seven pressures and, you know, he had a a half, uh, a sack and a half, and he's just been really good since they moved him to outside linebacker. It's one of those things where, hey, we're not doing well. Let's try to mix things up. Let's try to throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks. And, I mean, I don't think he gets this opportunity in a winning season, right? So this was a huge opportunity for him, and he made the most of it. And I think it just completely changed his success in the NFL, his career trajectory, uh, his potential. I I think it flies through the roof. And I'm very, very excited to see where it goes because, man, if if they, you know, if they were able to get him down to one, not 170, 270, 275. Yeah. Imagine 170 uh, (laughs) pass rusher, two, two Atwell rushing the passer off the edge. Uh, No. Uh, But you know, for real though, like 270, 275, he doesn't need to, to lose at all, but you know, you get him at that weight and you have him playing at that level. And I think he can be better. And I think you could be looking at a actual starter right now. He's a spot starter. We don't know where their plans are. You know, they got guys like Daniel Hardy, um, you know, and of course, you know, Leonard Floyd, but we don't really know what their plans are. They're using Keir Thomas a little bit, but they have been starting Hoyt. Like he started the majority of the games. It'll be very interesting to see if that translates to next year. But I will say the Rams eyes are open. He has opened the Rams eyes. They're going to have a serious internal discussion about this team the roster makeup guys that, Hey, maybe they didn't get a chance to play last year, but they stepped up when needed this year. Where do we see them in one, two, three years from now? And uh, I think that discussion is going to be very enlightening. And I think it's going to work out for the four guys we mentioned. I think Hopkins is going to get an opportunity, uh, you know, moving forward. We probably see it more next week in the week, you know, after, Jacoby Durant uh, might be starting across from Jalen Ramsey next year. If not, he'll be the slot guy. Uh, I think he could play either or Laurel Murchison might, might start depending on how things go, but I think he's definitely got an inside track for that rotation in the interior, especially with Greg Gaines and a Robinson being uh, free agents. And then Michael Hoyt, I think he's got a damn good chance to start. And I understand it's going to be one of those things where if you don't follow the Rams, right then you're looking, you, you do one of those, Ooh, paper tiger. Right. And you go through the depth chart and you're like, Michael Hoyt or Hoct or whatever, <laughs> who the hell is this? 
you're going to, you're going to find out really quickly who knows this team and who doesn't uh, next off season. When you see Michael Hoyt there, you know what I'm talking about. You yeah. see him there on the depth chart. You're, you're going to see people being like in the draft, be like, they need to draft a pass rusher immediately. Cause Michael Hawk isn't going to do anything. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think a lot of Rams fans are going to jump on this guy's train. If they haven't already, I certainly have, he doesn't need to start, but he needs to have a serious role and they can't just give up on him to see what's out there. I think you can see what's out there, but you don't have to give up on this guy. You put effort into him. You put capital, uh, you know, obviously he was a UDFA, but you've, you spent time developing, coaching, giving him reps that you could have given other guys if you weren't going to keep him. I think they intend to keep him cam and I'm excited about everyone's career trajectory. Uh, but Hoyt has a chance to be nasty next year. Uh, yeah. with a full season. Yeah, I like Hoyt number two on this Rambling Rams list that we have here. Um, of course, Durant, you know, him being number one, just the way he's playing. But Hoyt, I like him as number two on our list. Um, to see him go from 310 to 275 is going to be a big, big jump, right? Um, he might get bullied around a little bit. So I would love to meet, be personally, I would love to see him in that 285 range because you still want him to hold that edge. And a lot of times when guys go from three something to 275, they don't know how to move with that weight. And so turning yeah. that, turning any type of fat into muscle, right, from 310 to 300 would be important. You know, how do you feel with this? And then maybe going down to 295, 285. But, oh, you know, keeping that weight is going to be really important for him just to stay stay healthy, right? Because he gets to 275, ah, you know, different, different injuries, different things. So we don't want to go too drastic, but keeping that way is going to be important. He can pass rush, right? So even if he's not starting next year, getting home in that third down, that third down package is going to be extremely important. The, the next thing that's going to be important is getting him with Aaron Donald in the off season. If he's getting sacks now, how many more sacks would he, would he get? So if we talk about that tight end you, that tight end university. We need that Aaron Donald university, you know, that, yeah. that, that pass rush summit. That jump chop. Jump. Exactly. Jump yeah, chop, the, you know. Jump chop, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That jump chop, uh, you know, getting all those skills in is going to be really important for Hoyt, you know, that comfortable weight to where he can be dominant. And so I'm just excited, man. Like we talk about our Rambling Rams, you know, the future is bright. Uh, Baker Mayfield is not going to be a part of that Rambling Rams maybe for next year. But um, it, it's exciting to see, and you know, just the way the Rams have turned things around. They're finishing strong three guys that could be <coughs> honorable mentions Russ East. Okay. Second leading tackler on Sunday. Shout out mm. to him. Um, Bobby Brown, the third. I mean, this guy hasn't played a lot, but every time I see number 95, he's making place. Yep. So we'll see. Yep. Could, could be starting next year, right next mm. to, you know, a, a guy in the, the trenches like Murchison and, and definitely Donald. And then uh, lastly, I'm going to say uh, Quentin Lake. You know, I'm a big, big fan of his game. Um, he missed almost the entire season, came back very late. Means he really didn't get a chance to have much of a training camp. So the fact that he's even getting in there and, you know, not being a healthy scratch is very telling. Tells me that they trust him enough on special teams to be out there even without really much of a camp. I I'm excited about him. Watch yeah. out for number 37. I can see that guy making like a Jordan Fuller type of leap, you know, as, as a sixth round pick, I, I think he could start at safety. And, and mm -hmm. I don't know if it's next year or two years from now, but 
keep an eye out for him because yeah. he can do it all. He's a great tackler. He's got range. He's a good athlete. And man, he, he's got that, that leader mentality with him where don't be surprised if he's a captain for the special teams unit as well, you know, mm-hmm. coming up, you know, I would talk about the, the emergence kind of like Jordan Fuller, but maybe his come up is very similar to a Nick Scott who, mm-hmm. you know, he was a special teams ace and worked his way up to being a starter. Wouldn't be surprised. You got Scott and he got rap uh, free agents after the season. There's no soft cap, so you can't keep everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> there's my little, uh, you know, nudge, nudge to the NFL. <laughs> uh, but you know, it'll be fun, man. It's been fun in this show. Um, but you know, episode 145 is in the books. Uh, it's been one of our longest episodes. I don't know if it's been our longest, but it's one of the longest. Yeah. And man, I, I enjoyed it. Cam, I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as watching the Rams score 51, but I definitely <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it a lot. And, uh, you know, yeah. appreciate your time. Appreciate you guys watching as well. Be sure to like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, all that jazz. You can follow Cameron Lynch at Cameron Lynch 50 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at JK Bogan on Twitter as well. And uh, once again, this has been the Believe in Rams podcast, and it's presented by Bet Online. You guys take care, and we'll get you guys ready for the Chargers game. Later, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.